So yeah. Can we go back to Miss Frizzle and Mrs. Incredible? Oh dear God. Welcome back to the Dime Kong no! Podcast. We are no, not, we are not doing no. a cold open. No. No. Not like that. We remove the horny, then the horny comes back. Remove the horny. The horn is always. Yes. Just keep the horny we do not start off with the horn dog that strong. Why not? So, welcome back to the Dime Kong Pros Podcast. Why buy a comic? You might get a little surprise. Santa's coming soon, so you all better be nice. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Spencer. I am joined by Colin, uh, the special boy, and Jacob, Mr. Microphone Man. This is going to be a nightmare to edit. I think there's a clean enough break in there. There's just a big chunk that you can Let just... me just talk about what we were just talking about. And, yeah, no. Uh, so, this uh, 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 episode... Uh, 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 you can't help yourself, can you? You can help yourself in the last podcast. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Rachel was like, what whoa, can, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what can I say? I take after you. Uh, I take after your best attributes. You uh, do. Yeah. So uh, this week we watched The Incredibles two, uh, which was ooh, 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 ooh. written and directed by Brad Bird. Uh, some fifteen years later, after the last one, The Birdman. Uh, it takes place immediately following the events of the first movie, and they do the stuff and things. Um, so I watched this in theaters when it came out. Super- Me too. Superheroes are illegal. And someone wants to make them legal, so they have Elastigirl as their their poster child. Their hot their mommy. poster girl. Their poster mom. Hmm. Uh, and then she does things, and they're like, yeah, we'll put a camera on your titties. Mm-hmm. They, lit- they literally do that. You can't even give me shit for it's saying that. It's on her titties. It's above the titties. It's like not even collarbone. Come on. That was bel- it was on boob. Okay, listen. Listen. I, I have titties. I have titties, I right? Yeah. I have titties, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I know you if do. it's right here, that's still my tit. Yeah. It's here, still yeah. my tit. This is collarbone. No, I'm telling you because I can feel it. Oh this is tit. That's boob, not tit. Tit is the actual tit. That's oh, a nip. Oh my gosh. Okay, 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 okay. Basically, <laughs> Helen gets a job being a superhero, and Bob, Bob, has Bob! stays at home. And does dad things. And that's like the whole movie. Um, baby does baby things. Baby does baby, do baby like, things. Mama. So, yeah. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> he gets so focused when he does that. He just like lasers in like. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> to be fair, the guy that was in that like very large prosthetic suit also had to focus when he was doing that. Yeah. So, you know. And then, <coughs> and then the guy in the prosthetic suit booped the, the chick's noise and boop, like boop. couldn't laugh when he did it. There is no, there is no way the bloopers for that must have been fucking hysterical. Exactly, oh, that's no. what I'm, I, that's what I pictured. Like as soon as he booped the nose or she booped the nose. Edit editing is is magic. Yeah, they immediately cut it right after that. Yeah, was they're just fucking right dying. Right. Anyways, <laughs> uh, away from barbarian. Um, yeah, so. This was a, a very, 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 very long wait for one of, I would say, pretty much unanimously Pixar's best movie, or one of, like, definitely the 
the fan favorite. It's also one, one of, of their largest financial successes. It's also one of the most... Oh my god! It is one of the most well-known like superhero movies. Yes, and it was around ever. before the the real big superhero <clears throat> boom. It was like in the middle of the the pre-boom boom. You know, the the Blade and Spider-Man and X-Men. I days. think you've Incredible also said Hulk. that um, this The Incredibles like helped boom the movie like. In, uh, oh yeah, for, no, for sure. Industry. Like this was alongside Bl the Blade and Spider-Man movies. Like this was. The original movie was part of, like, the first big, oh, shit, we can make money off of these losers. Um, and it, it just, for a 14-year wait, it was definitely fun to watch in theaters. I think it's much better as, like, a watching experience with other people. Because I watched this a couple of years ago with just myself, and it was like, yeah, it's fun to commentate over. Mostly because we're just horny posting the whole time. But! Like, I went to in the theaters and watched it, and I was oogling the whole time. That's nice. Oogling. The technological upgrade is so obvious from the first, like, nanosecond. The texture work and the lighting is so much better than the first movie, which still does hold up really well. I mean, we talked about it a couple, like, a month ago. The technology from the first movie holds up really well. The artistry is there. But, like, this is, like, almost night and day. This has, like, 20 years more technology. Yeah, it's 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 it. bonkers. But I think the thing... So so Colin has retarded hot takes and is like, no, nah, this one's better. When, my response to that is... Like, it's, I did it's, not it's, say that. You did. You, you did say it's better. I said I enjoy it more. Fine, I'll take the nuanced take. I will say it's a, probably a more enjoyable viewing experience because it's more it's it's Be definitely greedy. it's funnier and it's better to look at, but it's not. The villain fucking sucks. The villain is lame and not memorable whatsoever. The technology is evil. The vague. I find the having a theme that's kind of tied to the first movie, and the unique setting of one being like the fifties slash sixties and superheroes being illegal and stuff like that's interesting, but. It retreads a lot of ground to the first movie, and just, I don't know, like, Syndrome is an obnoxious little dickwad, but he's memorable as hell, like, and I don't even remember this villain's, like, actual person name. She's just oh, the, the lady. Yeah, and it's like, it just, it feels... Yeah, that's the villain. Slaver. Sla yeah, it's, it just... What did I say? Saber. Lightsaber. Yes. The lightsaber under your mom's bed? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, she's got like some uh, pink purple one. It's really short though. I feel like she got the Yoda version, but I think Smells she's a little meant funny. to get the regular one. It's still sticky. Um, um, <laughs> it's definitely, it, it feels like this one is a lot more of a spectacle. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like the action set pieces are bigger and the technology's cool and the laughs are louder, but like... And the suits it, and the lighting. Mm. It feels kind of hollow the other, the first movie had plenty of weaknesses in terms of like some of the dialogue was rough and some of the characters aren't as developed as other characters and obviously technological stuff but like i don't think of the incredibles too whenever anyone mentions these characters yeah no i think of some of the images because a lot of the memes were funny but like i, I don't think of when someone if someone walks up to me and says i'm giving a stank face by the way, yeah guys. yeah i i think yeah like someone walked up and they're like Mr. Incredible. I'm not thinking about this movie at all. I might think of a joke from the movie, but like it doesn't 
I think that was what spoiled me on playing the Lego Incredibles because I was super excited to play that and I opened it up and it was all set pieces from the second movie and I was like, what Ooh. is this? It's like, it's, I don't even remember this. It's not because it's bad and it's not even because it's like mediocre. Like it's, it's totally serviceable. Wait, but when you, when you, when you go game? from, yeah, there's a Lego Incredibles game. Um, when you go from arguably one of the best Pixar movies and also one of the best superhero movies of all time that is, like, a classic and everyone's childhood staple. And then you go to, like, it's serviceable and funny. Like, it it, it feels kind of dumbed down. It doesn't... So, sti- when, it, when I left the theater, I was giggling, but I didn't feel impacted in any other way. It doesn't stick. <laughs> okay, so here's my take on this. Is that I feel like... Or both Incredibles have this, like, noir aspect to it that's just what it is yeah but the first one definitely has more of this world building feeling because of all these old superheroes and like every superhero like old superheroes dead that's basically what happened right. it's so world changing and um i there are a lot of massive things that happen in this move in in the first movie uh, all the superheroes are dead there's basically only like a handful of existence from the old times and superheroes are illegal. So there's no real new superheroes. And then we have Syndrome, who is going, who is the master plan. Uh, he, he is uh, the child of two superheroes and he kills them first. Um, and... To, to, to create that whole, you know, giant robot dude and blah, blah, blah. And then we have all these, like, iconic pieces like the giant fucking robot, the Mr. Incredible Mobile. We have, um, we have, have Elastigirl's ass, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm joking, Iconic but... imagery. No, no, I, I, I see what you mean. But you know what I mean? It, it's, it does, there's so, there's so much, like, it feels massive. It feels big. It feels changing. And then we get to the second movie, and I can see how why people don't really stick to it because it's there's not much that actually changes it's kind of just like a it's uh, it, it's it, it's like it's a temple of doom movie i vaguely understand what you're saying i i do but the thing is everything in the second movie is bigger but none of it rings as meaning jack shit really like for instance this is immediately after the events of the first movie why the fuck now, are there, like, a dozen new heroes that mm-hmm. we've never seen or heard of before? And most of them clearly are, like, young people or whatever. They, so they just crawled out of the woodwork. Like, there's no build-up to that. And also, frankly, all of their designs look like shit. I'm sorry. They're all yeah, pretty. They do. The Birdman is funny, but, like, it's dumb. It, they feel, I actually think he's the better. Oh, uh, He's the best of them all. But, like, they, it feels out of place. The first movie, we there's the, the thing I think we all focus on the most is it, it has a bit of a time partially because of the setting, it has a, a lot of a timeless feel to it. It has a lot of uh, universal themes. There's a lot of there's socioeconomics going on. There's family dynamics and stuff. And then this movie's like, it has some of those notes to it. I really like the idea of having uh, Helen take the lead of the movie and then Bob, really like like Bob needs to like learn how to be a parent. <laughs> I like that. I that's that the, hits really hard. That's one of the best parts of the movie. Absolutely, like, but he's they duck at home and having a hard time of it. And that's really good. I think on occasion they play it a little bit too much for laughs. Just a, a teeny little bit, a teeny tiny I little disagree. bit. I disagree. That's just a taste thing. They take the time to to give you the <coughs> gut punch, though. Right, but then like 
it just, it feels like there's so much going on in this movie, and it all comes together, and it's like, wow, okay, superheroes are legal now, I guess? Like, okay, and? Like, it because it's barely impacted the events of this movie, they're always talking about, like, oh, what she's doing is illegal, and it's like, and there's no repercussions for anything. Like, in turn, the, what, she gets chased by cops, like, once. Everyone's just going, wow, that's a hot mommy on a bike. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is no, it feels so, like the setting isn't as developed. You glossed over something that I was trying to talk about, but because you took over the conversation, it's gone now. I'll take over your balls. It's not gone because I have to bring it back. Oh. That, but that's why it feels stupid because you're taking over the conversation. Character design. We're going way back. I disagree with you on. Actually, no. The brick man. I can't disagree because he didn't actually say this. Um, all the character uh, designs are more unique physically. Yes. To the first one, instead of the first one. Because yes. all the first, the first one, every superhero had the same bodies. Just a dude. And then another dude. And, the, and, and then a girl. A tick. Yeah. And then and another dude. And they're all the same body types, except for the big three. Right. You know? And, but in this, everyone's very different. Very different. Um, and I think that was cool. But also, all their color schemes were very gross. They're very vibrant. And the first, the first one, all of them had that that nice like Mister Incredible and Elastigirl palettes. They had yeah, know? they had a similar palette. They were slightly muted. Yes. But like, see, that's the thing is in the first movie and in the sequel, we see uh, you know all the different statues and like suits in Edna's house slash mm-hmm. workshop whatever, and they all look like that like. Background character, god awful design. It's just there as basically a placeholder type mm-hmm. shit. But that's what the rest of the heroes look like in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they stand out and not in like a wow, that's a cool, unique dude. It's like, did you drop a Skylanders into a Lego can? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's and literally it, what it is. It takes away. I, I like how the first movie, despite having really crazy stuff, really cool robots, I feel and like designs, a lot of the superheroes feels... had unique, like unique costume designs. Right. It, like it, you had. Vision dude and like uh, cape, a bunch of like cape guys. They were able to express the powers through very over the top and goofy designs, but like it felt like they all looked like people. Mm-hmm. And then this one's like, nah, this guy's ten feet tall and has a head that's a like a four by four square. And it, it I don't. It's not really about the color scheme or the fact that this one's an old dude. It's like it feels like the art style kind of falls apart. Like they, it, it feels like they put two different types of action figures together. It's it's like if you were playing with your your Star Wars uh, Star Wars action figures. They all have crazy different designs and different tunic colors and lightsabers and whatever. But then like, you take like a cop from like some random TV show action figure and then like you throw him in the place. It like it doesn't mesh well. There was a a, a I don't have the art words for it, but like there was a type of homogeny to hom- how the fuck do you say that word? I don't remember homage. No. Homogenous? There was a homogenous feel to the first movie, but within the designs, it felt like they were all expressive. Also because most of them were done by Edna. So, like, they fit the person, but they felt like superheroes. Whereas this one, they feel like fantasy characters. Kind of. They're so... Okay, so this guy's head can just turn around infinite times. Like, where the fuck did that come from? The owl, guy. the owl guy. His head just spins it, like so, infinitely. 
power. That's 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 a superpower thing. But but the, but in the first movie, we're shown all these people with uh, basically just Jack Jack being the exception. They're all in that realm of like, I can. People with it, they, it feels it, like the old school Watchmen. Kind okay, of yeah. right, like where it's like okay, wow. Yes. So she stretches. So like. Her, just like there's a way you can explain that in your head with pseudoscience, obviously. Yep. And like, oh, he's really strong. Wow. Okay. And then this movie, it's like, okay. so this dude generates infinite amounts of pus in his throat that he lights on fire inside his own body and vomits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. Just it. I okay. So so I understand, but also, um, superheroes. Go no no no. Hold on. <laughs> What's the word? I'm waiting for it. Um, so I understand, but weak fucking take. Weak ass fucking take. First off, superheroes, superpowers, but also like... You give me shit for using that excuse. No, you can... No, it is a fucking weak ass take because, oh, I can explain that this superhero has forever laser beams coming out of their eyes or like forever stretch or superpowers or forever can make... Force, I can generate force fields out of myself, but this guy can't make infinite pus come out of his stomach. It just doesn't feel intuitive. And that's a, that's not, stomach, that is a subjective thing, obviously. I'm not saying that's an objective thing, but it I feel it like you should just be saying, I don't like these characters, and I don't like their superpowers, and I don't like how they look. That's basically well, that's it. what I said. Like, I like no, how they're... No, because you're trying to make reasons, like factual reasons, but it's not how... It's I'm not explaining at all. my opinion instead of saying art bad. <coughs> I'm trying to explain why I feel the way I feel. What an idea. You're explaining how you feel this way, but you're making it, trying to make it factual, which makes it it's wrong. It's called post hoc justifying. I'm well aware what it is. And it's wrong, because it's weak. Yeah, hey, you weak! Do you like these characters? I like a lot of them, actually. Can you explain any of it? Um, why do I need to explain? There's superpowers, there's superheroes. Well, it's not that if, deep. If you're, it's the Incredibles. It's not that deep. Uh, well, that's the thing, is the first movie is actually pretty complex. Yes. It's very easy to read, and it's digestible, but it's got a good bit going on. This one kind of doesn't. It, like, okay. wants you to think it does, and it's like, whoa, look, we have... Parenting. Par yeah, par but, it's, but it, it, when you boil it all down, you remove the flashy colors and all that stuff, it's kind of just... Wow, dad isn't good parent and baby go bird jokes. And like that's fine because they're funny. I'm not saying that they're not funny, but it's like it doesn't have the internal like character consistency to back up such weird events. I think they should have made the dad a little bit more of an asshole. Really? <clears throat> so, he was kind of an asshole in the first one and like he learned that oh, maybe I should not tell my maybe I should actually tell my wife about these things cuz I it looks like I'm having an affair. That, like that like that's the that's the story right is that he's having an affair um in this it's my wife's doing better than me what the fuck he should have no I'm looking at your shirt oh okay um, so many details yes I no I see what you mean I wouldn't say necessarily <laughs> because I think that would help with the story because I feel like it is half-assing it the story is half-assing in the fact of like they they are doing the the dad's the dad's a jealous of his wife, and also he's just not good at parenting. I think they should have been more of an asshole about him being jealous, and they shouldn't, and like him being bad at parenting. I that think would it, be going backwards from the first movie, though. No, because he's learning. Mm, a it, it's bit. sort of because he's he already has that in his brain that he's like 
He's still in the arc of learning to be better. Well, growth is non-linear. In real life, anyway. Yes. Obviously, movies, uh, stories typically kind of straighten it out and make it a, a, an upwards line. But, like, I see what you mean. I wouldn't say necessarily make him meaner type. No, but not like, meaner, but, but more, like, like, make him not meaner than the first one. Meaner no. than what he is now. Make him as mean as he was in the first one. Because remember, when he was leaving for his business trip, and what what he did was... He was getting ready. He was in his nice car, and he's leaving. And his wife is obviously a little in distress, and he literally does not give a shit. See, what I'm... <coughs> he's just like, I'm the cool guy now. What I think you're doing is you're prescribing to... You're prescribing malice, malice to ignorance. It wasn't because he was a dick in the first movie. It's because he was oblivious. No, I know! Well, so what I'm saying is, in this movie, instead of... Making him more, like, aggressive, however you want to phrase it. I think there's a way to make it come across as more of a genuine exploration of these sorts of things. Whereas when we watch, uh, we said this, when we watch the first movie, and they have that first, like, argument in the middle of the night while he's, with, like, him eating the chocolate cake and her pulling the rubble off of his mm -hmm. fucking shirt. And it's, like, it's kind of hard to watch because it actually feels like watching That's what I'm fight. saying. They should do that. But what I'm saying is it's, I don't think it's the... <sighs> It's not necessarily the tone of the scene or, like, the way that they phrase their words, like, as dialogue. It's more of, like, the the script taking the themes more seriously in and of themselves. Because that's the thing. That's what Jacob really liked about it. Was like, if all of their struggles, while they're a very hyperbolic, blown-up superhero things, is, like, yeah, but they're kind of just... It's, like, marital miscommunications and, like, probably moderately sexist dad dreaming about the glory days. And it's like, versus this one, it feels a lot more cranked up to 12 instead of it kind of doubling down on what the first movie did well. It, it, makes, it makes it bigger, it makes it louder, it makes the jokes funnier, but it kind of pulls away from the emotional potency of that by... I don't know, every time Helen and Bob talk on the phone and he's like sitting there like, oh my gosh, my wife is having fun and I'm stuck here at home and like, whatever. Like, it, it, every single time it's played for a laugh and every time it's funny, but sometimes you should probably not treat every single one as a punchline. Whereas it's like, if you have him... That's, a, okay, hold on. I'm stopping you because that's literally the fuck what I'm saying. They're playing it for laughs. And I'm saying that they're half-assing it. That's what the, that's the half-ass part. Is they're making it a laugh track. That's the half-ass. And by making it not a laugh track, it makes him seem meaner. Or 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 short. Like you you helped me say that it wasn't meaner. It though I meant that it it's uncomfortable to watch. Sure, words are subjective. What I'm saying is words. We're circling in semantics. I know. We're agreeing on the same thing. Let's move on. Yes. Please. I'm getting bored. Colin is saying that you are just smelling each other's asses. <laughs> yeah. Like oh a my. couple of dogs smelling each other's ass. Like, no, I think it smells like this. It's like, no, it smells like this. <laughs> nah, it smells like carrots. <laughs> but we're both smelling completely different asses. <laughs> I will smell her suit after she's done. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm joking. There Jesus. were 
episode. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. For the record, he's not. <laughs> I'm no. definitely joking. No. For the record, he is not. Yeah, no, we know better. He is um, sniffing the fuck out of that poon. We got some great memes out of this movie. Yes, we did. Especially Bob sticking his tongue out. That was so funny in the opening scene when he's spitting out a rock and then his tongue is just huge. So long. It's so funny. It's for like two frames. No wonder Mrs. Incredible loved them. True. Elastigirl <laughs> loves that shit. It, it is fun to watch, by all means. It's fun. It's the joke the jokes are funny. It's good to poke fun at. It's not overly long. It's they're pushing it a little bit. But like, it's fun. It's just it's a fun route, but it's not as deep as the first one. Right. And it's there's a lot of that which I'm sure is kind of like there's a bit of nostalgia in that, whereas like we remember that we watched that movie and we interpret it like we did when we were kids. Instead of there's a it's a blurry line of how we how much of There's a lot of nuance in it that you pick up. Right. On I can tell adult. you that I've watched the second one more than the first one. That's a bit weird, but Yeah. But, there are more butt shots, I will forgive you. That is why. I, I, I am watching it for Mrs. Incredible. For Elastigirl. You're I, a degenerate. No, no he's not. I just She's think, a I just, freak, but he's oh, fine. Yeah. I think her Elastigirl costume is better than... I really, really hate the Incredibles costumes. I really hate them. I want to touch them. But I'll I, tell you. Like, they look, they good look on the so kids. much better in the second movie. They do. The textures like, are so much better. They do look good on the kids, but lighting. I like... And lighting and, like, the shiny. I like the shiny, but the Elastigirl, like, the symbol looks just so cool. How her design is. She just looks so hot in it. But also, like, Mr. Like Mr. Incredible as, like... Oh, my God. It just... In his original oh Incredible God, suit. Like, so Mr. Incredible hot. suit. It's just... It's better. See, I have feedback for the Pixar animators back in 2002 when they made the movie. Why didn't they keep their suits and then the kids were purple? Put the two colors together. What the fuck? Yes. That is my final thought. <laughs> or, or, how about they just have, be individuals and Violet have, like, purple and Dash is the red and orange one. That, he does look really good in that. Yeah, story. he's perfect! Well, I just, I hope they leave the series alone. <coughs> Speaking of a great fight scene. Oh, yeah? We read a book with a great fight scene. Do a Powerbomb, issue 7, the finale to this miniseries, written and illustrated by Daniel Warren Father Johnson. This man always knows I should have done that to... in an announcer voice. Fuck! It's too late. This man always knows how to hit me in the feels and also piss me the fuck off! Haha, <laughs> he made you angry with God. Very funny. Colin finished God. it this morning. He was like, I hate... This writer, I, I, I hate <laughs> no. everything he does. No, you can't say I've, that. I've no, never I can't, I can't, I can't even books. make you make a joke. Let you make a joke about that. <laughs> I can't even let you make a joke about that. I love this writer. Touch my balls. Touch my balls, you gay man. I was trying to get the damn band. The there, you got a dangler. You got a dangler. I was gonna pull the dang. Thank you. Now, now <laughs> these are just gonna fall right off because they're actually <laughs> really big for me. <laughs> um, he was urkling them earlier. I still am. I'm just settling. I'm just settling down. He's, he's wearing them like girl pants. Like, bro, your hips aren't like that. Don't do that. Up to my belly button. You're like my, you're wearing pants like my mom wanted me to wear them when I was six. I have always. No, your waist is this high. No, mom, I do not have feminine hips. I'm sorry. I do have a feminine ass, but not feminine <laughs> hips. Anyway, yeah, that's just the fat rolls right there. So they um, fight God. God. No, no, God. No, no. Go back to how this pissed. Call it off. 
Uh, this pissed me off because it went exactly where I knew it was going to go, and this is where it should go. It makes sense. It makes it sense you off because that it they makes can't. Sense. Yes. Wow. Did you because think they, they were gonna... they didn't fight? They didn't defeat God. Yeah. Do you think they were gonna literally kill God in the ring? <laughs> no. No. They were gonna lose, and then God's like, "I am a gracious God. Here's your mommy." No, I didn't think that was gonna happen. Um, I was kind of pissed off that God gave them medals. Still, I was like, oh, I am and she's like, "I just want my mom." And then I can't remember what last part was, but I know that we saw her. It's just her. the moms in the crowd. Yeah, just like, oh my god, crowd. look at I'm my like, children! Because uh, they're in, like, the underworld, basically. Look at my, my child no, and my, my husband! Oh my god. Not children. Ch whatever the fuck. Um, well, women, women are pedophiles. Women are pedophiles. <laughs> um, mommy's hot, and also I saw our, our boy from Murder Falcon. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Of course I, he is in the other underworld watching wrestling. Of course. I feel like this issue was kind of short, I think it might just be because of the finale. I believe this was yeah. originally announced to be six issues, and then it got extended to seven oh. when it started coming out, I think. Don't quote me. Seven's a weird number. I've mentioned this numerous times, and I think it's it was issue... perfect, you see, because it was a hit that they were going to fight God from the very beginning. Yeah, see? And, yeah. and it's not number seven, yeah. God yeah. number. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. I think it was issue five. We are retarded. Yes, you are. <laughs> I think it was issue four or five I also mentioned felt a little bit short and kind of like, it just felt like it was only a few pages. It's the same page count as the other ones. I'm not stupid, but it just, it doesn't well. feel that eventful. <laughs> wow. It's the same. It's just, I'm, I'm not stupid. Uh, in this sense. I'm stupid. On this subject. I'm stupid, but I can count. You know what I am a little bit butthurt it's on? stupid. What kind of butthurt on the, co on the cover? Why? Why? It's a nice cover. It's a great cover. But it feels like it should be the hardcover or like, you know, like the, the, the book hardcover cover. I don't know. I feel like the, the one that they announced. It feels like the, it should be the cover for a hardcover. Like, I was expecting like a really nice like picture of like that, his version of God wrestling and like they're fighting him or like something like all the other covers. Or like a cool one, like how he did the sneak one. Did you notice that the cover ran to the back cover? Yes, too? that's why I'm saying like that. All the cover, 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 characters? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I said it's yeah. a hardcover. It's a cover for a hardcover. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Like you take the protection off. That, that's what I And then it's, on, I was the, it's on the cover. I Do you get take it? take the protection off. I get rid of the protection. <laughs> I have the B cover. Because I have bought all the B covers for this series. I don't even know what the B cover looks like. I'm about I haven't been able to go get it. I'm about to tell you to pick it up over there! I like that as a B cover. Yeah, that's really good. It's just, I'm bothered because it's not a Mike. It's, it's Mike. Wow. I was reading Mike Spicer. Um, it's not a Daniel Warren Johnson drawn cover. Okay, but as the complete package, I think... It's a complete package like me, like my mommy always told me. It's the job of the additional artists, whether they be colorists, inkers, fucking letterists, or the people doing the B covers, to make up for the faults in, <coughs> in the main artwork. So I think that the B cover for issue 7 works best as a finale. That's why I got it. It's been 50-50 on a lot of the B covers, but I think this feels much better as, like a, fi as, a, as a final mm -hmm. cover. Mm -hmm. I do like that. It's good. I okay. like the last page also has the cover for the um, trade. Yeah, the trade, which is coming out in like March or whatever. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. 
I have to point this out. Oh boy. That's nice. Oh my gosh. That is nice. Okay. Colin, always finding the ass shots. I am. Didn't you want to see it? No. What you want from me? I was going to point out the fucking cover in the back. <laughs> That's why I handed it to you. No, I was going to do it while you were flipping through it. Last page. <laughs> that's the tr that's the collected edition cover. That's a good one. That's for a collected edition. Yes, for the collected edition. He's gonna jump on mommy. Can you boil him? No, cannot boil him. Oh yeah, and then they talk about they like it's a flashback to her and her mom. Yeah, yeah that was nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think this is one of his strongest books so far. There are yes. the two. Issues I mentioned, which do feel a bit on the light side, but I think it hold it it holds its pace better than Murder Falcon did, which kind of had a dip in like the second third, sec yeah second third in the issues in the three four and five were kind of they they the pacing kind of slowed down. I'd have uh, to reread it. I don't agree. <laughs> Beta Ray Bill is very mm -hmm. great, but mm -hmm. it is also. Mm -hmm. Surrounded by other things, which kind of detract from the story yep. a little bit. A little. Definitely. It's literally a spin-off of another fucking book. Yeah. Yes, it's still because it has to acknowledge that it by its own nature kind of takes away from the story in and of itself. Yep. Nah, not really. A little. I'm not no. saying it's that much. I'm saying it's a little bit. But this book doesn't have that issue. That's an opinion. Why do, why do I even bother? Why do, why do I even bother? <laughs> I detected that, like, yesterday. Why, why do I even bother? <laughs> so anyway. <coughs> so, Colin, what have you done? I watched... I can never remember how to say his first name. Um, but I watched... Please help me. I've never heard of Please Help Me. Uh, please help me say his name. Guy oh, who Guillermo directed, del Toro. Say it again. Guillermo. 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 Fuck you. Guillermo. <laughs> Fuck! Okay, Guillermo. so... Guillermo del Toro. Um, his... Pinocchio. <laughs> Fuck. Guillermo. Guillermo? Hold on. DiGiorno. <laughs> I love how you guys normally try to help me say a name, but now you guys just like... And in the, the time that I actually want to say a name right, you guys are like, yeah, Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo. Guillermo? Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Okay, so. Guillermo. <laughs> okay, stop. Did you get it? Guillermo del Toro's there we go. Pinocchio. Incredible. That's on Netflix. And. So. This is a different take on Pinocchio that I actually kind of enjoyed and kind of didn't. The things I enjoyed, for starters, is that it takes place in the Great War and then leading to World War II, if I'm correct. Because I know it's the Great War, which is World War I, but we're kind of getting... we're Yes, we are getting Nazism, so it is World War II. Um, I thought that was cool. And I really liked the angel that was, like, attached to this. Like, the idea of what's going on. Like, eventually Pinocchio dies, um, like, in the beginning of the, uh, of the movie, while, um, uh, 
he got ran over after running away from his dad because everyone knows like the traditional Pinocchio story. It's it basically hits beat by beat. Um, but he the main thing that's in this movie is that like he dies and he comes back and he like comes alive in the world of the dead, the underworld, and he talks to this other angel or demon, whatever. I'm gonna call it an angel because it's uh, an angel. And she's like, oh, you're not really dead. You'll just have to wait here for a little bit. And she tips over this like hourglass and you'll just have to wait a little bit longer every single time. And I really liked that concept. That was really cool. I like kind of like the spookiness and I loved the art. I loved like the, um, it's claymation-ish. How do you, it's stop motion. That much I do know. But is it claymation? Spencer, help me out. Spencer's giving me the cold shoulder. As I soon as I start off. talking about it, it's just going to turn into us talking about it. So you are on your own, buddy. <sighs> so my husband's pissed off with me. It is your talking point. Yeah, I guess. So I didn't really like it. I got pissed off. I'm a little bored of it. The only thing I liked about it was the underworld shit. And, like, I thought there was going to be more about that. Um, Pinocchio is a piece of shit as normal. Um, I liked that... Um, I liked the cricket. I liked that he's voiced by Obi-Wan. And I liked that the papa is a dickhead, alcoholic bitch. Because I like those characters. Because they usually, like, become this, like, better person or whatever. And I loved how they made fun of the Nazis and shit like that. Like, the, the poo-poo in the army. I'll poo-poo for you. Shit like that. That song was cool. Um, yeah, it's literally just Pinocchio. The same beats, except for that, like, everyone dies at the end. Except for Pinocchio. Because <laughs> eventually he becomes a real boy, but he's not a real boy. And then, because he saves everyone by coming back fast enough to save his dad... And giving up his immortality. And he comes back. And then the angel uh, is like, I can't bring him back. And the cricket's like, well, you said that you'd give me any wish if I helped the boy be a good boy. And then she's like, oh, I did say that. Okay, I'll bring him back. But we don't know if he'll uh, live again, if he dies again. And so he just never died. And he just sees everyone that he knows dies. And then he leaves. So, um... Kind of boring-ish. I respect it, and I think it's still good. I just, I know for a fact I'm not watching this ever again. In my opinion. <clears throat> it's boring to me. Give it a rating. So, for how much I enjoyed it. So, personal rating. I'm changing it this time. Because I actually... I know that my opinion is the wrong for once. Like, I, I, I visually, I feel, I'm like, I, I really wanted to like this movie. I really wanted to. I really want, because I like Guillermo del Toro's stuff. Like, I like all of the stuff. <coughs> but he, li he, you, he likes the movie where the lady fucks the fish man. Yes! I, I like how you're like... I have the wrong opinion for once. <laughs> like, this is the first time I've been wrong. <laughs> yes, because it is a fact that this is the first time I've been wrong. He sounds like me, for real. 
Yes. I'm wrong, but this is why I'm wrong anyways. Yes. <laughs> um, I really wanted to like this movie, but I really don't. And I know it's the wrong opinion, so I'm giving it different ratings this time. For once. What are the numbers? The numbers Personal. Personally, I would give it a one, if that, out of seven. If that. But. But. That's a big but. Um, because the pacing is actually good. The story makes sense. It's consistent. It goes back to a lot of, like, um, things it's set up. It actually goes back to them. It's a good film, I think. But I just did not enjoy it in the slightest. Except for maybe the Underworld stuff. So, for like, in just a rating on the movie itself. For like, to tell people to watch it. I would give it a, probably like a 3.5 out of 7. Maybe a 4 out of 7. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mm -hmm. have a fascinating method. Thank you. You should ask me what I've done. Spencer, what have you... <laughs> Jacob, what have you done? So, I'm pulling out an old review that I wrote up a while ago. Way, way back in, like, Halloween time. Okay? I'm gonna have you guess the movie I watched. I'll give you a clue. Way, way back in Halloween time? Halloween time. So, like, two months okay. ago. Yep. What, one month ago? Two. How do numbers work? October. Oh. Mm. I watched a movie directed by, and has music done by, John Carpenter. Whoa, John Carpenter? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Spencer, get a guess? See, the obvious answer is either going to be Halloween or it's going to be The Thing. It's The Fog, isn't it? It's Big Trouble in Little Tida. Uh, God damn it. I was trying to see how many layers of bluff you have. I'm sorry that I'm not very appreciative of this because I don't think I've seen any of those movies. That he said. Basically, John Carpenter is one of the uh, say say let's let's say Alfred Hitchcock two. If Alfred Hitchcock's so good, where Alfred Hitchcock two? His name is John Carpenter. He said cock. He is. Oh my god! <laughs> Christ! No wonder your taste in movies is so bad. That's such a fucking lie, and you know it. John Carpenter <laughs> is one of the modern fathers of like horror cinema. Oh. He's so, like the goat. <clears throat> He's one of them them goat boys. Mm -hmm. Big Trouble in Little China is not a, a horror movie. <laughs> cult classic. It is what I think of when people try to describe movies as cult classics because this is this is a cult classic for sure. What's it, it called again? Big Trouble. Big Trouble in Little China. Mm -hmm. It came out in 1986. Uh, I am confident. <laughs> oh. There's a there's a character in here that I'm confident they Mortal Kombat built Raiden around this character from this movie. Probably. It, it, it's the same hat. It's kind of the same electrical powers and everything. I was dying laughing watching this movie just because I was like, that's Raiden. Um, I really liked how this movie had a lot of practical effects. There's there there's like a, a street fight and. People are like just throwing other people around, and they're throwing people through like windows and doors and just wrecking the place. Uh, and I don't, it was a lot of practical sets and, and stuff that they could wreck. 
<clears throat> there's uh, a lot of funny stunts in this movie during the fight scenes. I especially liked... There's a guy with a 2x4, and it, like, somehow falls behind the other guy's head, and then the guy that was attacking with the 2x4 kicks the other guy, and his head goes through the 2x4 that fell behind his head. It, it, I don't know, I, I saw it a while ago, I kind of forgot how it went, but it was a very funny stunt. Lots of funny stunts in these fights. Um, it was clearly made by an experienced director. I... There's there's good cinematography. There's good shots, like, for paying attention. So there's one scene where Kurt Russell's looking out the window at the passers-by as he's trying to figure out what to do. And a passers-by goes by. With, and it was like, I don't know. I was paying attention to the passers-by. And then the camera turns, and that passerby comes in the door. It was like the next part of the story. You could see the character coming down the street and then enter the, the room. <clears throat> my last note before I give my feels is that um, the bad guy is played by James Hong. H-O-N-G. That kind of sounded like Hung, but it's not. It's Hong. Uh, it's actually Hang, not Hung. I'm going to choke you. <laughs> it's actually Chook. <coughs> Not choked. So they put a lot of makeup on him to make him look ancient and decrepit. And the makeup they put on him to, to make him look like that made him look worse than he looks like in present day now. Like, he was born in 1929. He's still alive and he looks better than the makeup in 1986. Usually I'm, I'm big into the cult classics, but... This one just does not tickle my fancy. No. And it should. I don't know why. It just bothers me. There's something about it where I'm like, I don't know. I just don't get the humor, maybe. I don't know. It, it's not for me. I can appreciate it. It's nice. Because it is one of the biggest names in the cult. But it's not for me. Mm. I would give it a solid three out of five stars. So, what I've been reading... <laughs> what?! The sex manual that I slid under your door last night. I actually... I can hear you having technical difficulties. Yeah. Just read the book. I need it. Someone literally wrote the book on this. Spencer, what have you done? So, to be on theme with you two numbskulls, and something you think you should like, but you didn't really... Ooh. I know, Good I know. segue. Mm. Uh, I read Thor Ragnaroks. It is. I was trying to figure out how you connected Pinocchio and Big Trouble in Little China, but I see the connection. <laughs> uh, I read Thor Ragnaroks, plural. It is a trade paperback collection that collects three different stories. Uh, they're all available in different trades. Uh, so the first one is Thor Blood Oath, followed by uh, issues 80 through 85 of Thor. That's the 1998 run. And Stormbreaker, the saga of Beta Ray Bill, issues one through six. Isn't Stormbreaker the Nazi chick from The Boys, season two? No, that is Stormfront. Oh. Uh, Stormfront is the name of a Nazi newsletter, which is still in, in existence. It's online. Research. Yeah. You don't want to go there. 
the reason why it's called Ragnaroks, plural, is because uh, the event, the, the series in the middle, issues 80 through 85, is the OG Thor Ragnarok, you know, comic event slash series, whatever. Um, and all of these kind of have to do with the apocalypse. Honestly, I felt like this was one of the sloppiest collected editions I've read in a long time. Uh, so, Blood Oath was fine. Basically, Thor and his buddies are fucking retarded. They do something stupid, and then they have to go pay for it by going on a fetch quest. Hmm. It was very dumb. It was. It could have been worse, but it was really boring, and the art was pretty rough to look at. Um, common theme for this book. Uh, Ragnarok was really short. The art is passable. Um, I'm not going to list off all of the, the various artists and writers. There's a lot of people involved in this, and I don't like singling people out that much, but... Serving as the first time that the Marvel Universe version of, of, of Thor and the Norse mythology kind of coming to a close through its Ragnarok cycle is cool, obviously. The mythology is really interesting. The way it recontextualizes a lot of stuff from actual religion and, and mythology is cool, but it really felt rushed in the back end. It just it felt like it plowed through it in f like six issues. It's not enough time. Uh, the last two basically felt like we were speedrunning the entire Star Wars saga. Like, it was a lot of stuff. Um, Speedrun strats. Yeah, it's mm. just way, way, way too short. If it was a few issues longer, I, it would have been at least a little higher. The art really does bring it down. It's also during one of the periods of time where Thor did not have a great voice, you know? Like, you know, a good character voice can carry you through a bad book, whereas the character is on point, but, like, the plot's bad or dumb or whatever mm -hmm. like the writer clearly understands what it's like to have this character in your head or to be in their head uh he didn't have that yet the the, the thor had a long run of pretty rough stuff um and then uh the saga of beta ray bill is like the second beta ray bill storyline question mark it takes place after ragnarok uh during the, at the end of ragnarok uh beta ray bill got, you know got he got spartan kicked out the door thor's like no you will live blah 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 and then he goes on a side quest. It was fine. That was the highlight of the book, was because he's a far more interesting character than the way that this Thor is written during this time period. It was really boring and disappointing, but, like, the art was passable. Sparta. This, oh my gosh, this, oh my gosh. So the book was is a cover price of $35. It's a bit, it's a big book. It's like, you know, some 18 issues. issues. It's a good chunk, but I bought this for $10 off of Jacob, and that was pushing it, honestly. No, you didn't. I forced it onto you. This is, okay, yes. I gave, I, I forced it, I was, I was robbed of $10. Um, I did not take his money. Yes, you did. I did not. We knocked it off of the balance that I already owed you at the time. Mm. Yes, we did. Uh, Mino like, mm. there's some interesting ideas, but the art is very consistently mediocre at best the design work is over overly designed the bodies are way too sculpture-esque the action's bad <laughs> it's just not it's not readable it's not followable it's boring the worst thing a comic can be is boring um i this is like clearance or for free if you're bored and you're curious like if you want to do a complete run of all four just for shits and giggles Knock yourself out. I can see why that would be important to you or whatever. But, like, oh, my gosh. I One of the worst books I've read this year. I wanted to like it. I find the mythology cool. I like how many different times Thor has been reinvented in Marvel Comics. But holy shit. Not a fan. Jacob, 
I don't like you. You made me read this. After you read it and said basically the same thing. I didn't even read it. I, like, started each story, and I was like, this is so boring. I, I, I'm not going to finish this in time to talk about it this weekend. Like, Not good. No. That's why I didn't realize I took your money. You'll have to work on that, because I would not have wanted to force that on someone. For money. For money. <laughs> I was about to say, you forced me to read I'll, a lot. I'll force it on you for free. Not good. Not good. Not good. Colin! Colin what else? <coughs> so I Ooh, read... More things you didn't like. Yeah, I wish I liked this, too. Because um, I really liked the first issue. I read issue two of Halloween Boy by Dave Baker. Because I recently bought the second and third one. Um, so this comic takes place after the first one, obviously. And it just goes on an adventure of they're going to this planet... And they are helping this, like, queen, uh, uh, helping this queen of this planet figure out what's going on in this random territory that just popped out of nowhere. In this territory, uh, she has had sent, um, what? Wow. <laughs> There's wow. a first time for everything. <laughs> no. She sent reconnaissance to this territory for some, to, to like, to uh, study what it is or, like, what's going on. Like, how did this just random territory just show up out of nowhere that it didn't exist before? And whenever uh, someone went in there, they heard nothing from them. It's like they didn't exist. Like, Literally they Bermuda happened. Triangle moment. Yes, it's Bermuda Triangle. And so Halloween Boy is helping her out because he was once her betrothed. Dun, dun, dun. And is she hot? Kind of, yeah. Nice. I mean, or she's cute. She's kind attractive. of hot. Yeah, kind of. Steamy. Um, I'd flirt. <coughs> of course you would. Yeah, I'd flirt. Um, Colin was telling me last night that oh no. he was flirting with a married woman at the restaurant. I was not. Was I said yeah. that they thought I was, but Cookie I was just Boy talking to her. was sitting right there like, do you want another drink? Do you want to go? We should leave. Yeah, he was getting pissed off just because I was talking to his wife like she was a normal human being. Um, which I guess that's flirting now. That is flirting. I guess so. Technically. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately told Abby about that. She's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um, so... It, it, it's a weird issue because it's supposed to be this whole dynamic that they have, that those two have, and they have a history, and they talk about it, but this brings up my first problem, is that Dave Baker is... I'm not trying to shit on him, because I like his art a lot, but for some reason, as I keep going deeper into his comic, um, and I started noticing this more in the third issue, but in the second issue... He's a lot of tell, don't show. And I am very much of a person who likes show, don't tell. There's way, I feel like there's too much exposition in this comic. And they just talk about the backstory. And yeah, there's like a panel of like, blah, blah, blah. This is like what it looked like. But like, we're not shown that. And I'm like, why aren't we just shown this story or something like that? And so we go past that and he's supposed to find... Her new betrothed, 
that was the one that went to search for something that's in there. And basically, it's this territory that's from this old planet that um, they're like refugees from this planet that was enslaved by the planet that they are on now. Yes. And her betrothed is the leader of that enslaved planet. He is also one of those people that like were enslaved. And he doesn't want to be with her because he doesn't want to be a political tool. Even though he does actually genuinely love her and they genuinely love each other, but he doesn't want to be a political tool. Mm. Which makes little to no sense in how they, like, how it's written. Like, okay, right away that it makes sense. Like, it still can make sense for it to work if they are in love or whatever. It just felt a little forced for me. I really want you guys to read this because it's not bad. It's just I want to know if I'm retarded or not. I know I am, but I want to know. On this topic. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> and so it just bothered me. So that's kind of just the whole story in itself. And it gets, like, figured out that uh, Halloween boys just, like, I will take your daughter to this safe place or whatever, even though we had no idea that you had a daughter and we only saw her for one panel. But you, and then you need to be with your betrothed and blah, 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 for your races to be saved, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, I, so <coughs> I'm just going to list the things that I didn't like. The art style is consistent when it doesn't have to be. So here's my problem with this. It, so there's a specific design for Halloween Boy now, his mask is. He has like this whole like head mask, but his face is showing. So it's like a cowl, but his face is showing, but it's, he has like the eye mask as well. So Phant the Phantom, is that what it is? Sure. Phantom, Spencer, help me out here. He's like all purple. The superhero is like all purple. He's like a Pulp Fiction superhero back in the day. Cape, cloak. The shadow? No. Hat. Purple. All purple. No hat. He has a cowl mask, but his face is showing, except he has mask. Destroyer. Mm. I, I don't know. Wow, you guys don't know it. Well, this basically Halloween boys based off of this Pulp Fiction superhero. Like he like this whole story is supposed to be like a Pulp Fiction y character. Galactus. He's all purple. No. I think it's the Phantom. That's okay. what I think it is. The Phantom. Um Phantom Stranger. So, shut up. <laughs> so, I understand in art where, like, if something's small, you change the details of things. But, like, there are two panels. They're exact same size. And they're drawn same size. Okay. But both of them, the masks are different. Like, it's not a solid mask. It looks like it's glasses. Or, like, they're not connected. Like, the details like that. They're literally the same fucking size panel. Everything's drawn the same size. They're not the same. Why are they drawn differently? Just because you want to? That makes no sense. It's inconsistent. It, 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 it takes me out. And it's sloppy. I'm sorry, Dave. Dude, I, I love would you. love to be taken out and given some sloppy. I hate you. <laughs> and then the panels at times, even though they're inconsistent with art, they look too much alike. Like, the actions of what they're doing, they look alike. And, um... It also seems like they're not showing enough what's going like enough of what's going on. Like it seems like there's too much detail in such a small amount of space 
that it, it, it it's like they kind of morph together like the shades are not different like in so say a manga is black and white right like i talked to you about this last night with uh a manga where panels like backgrounds fully white like if there's actions going on it's gonna be heavy black with like a little bit of gray around it yes so like if actions are going on yes. there's no background no there's no need no because it's messy yes you just show action which is the darker color background is white and then the foreground like or what's like the secondary of the action like the other party of the action that's happening is like the dark the the lighter color yes so you can distinguish what's going on so there's like three colors that's going on and that's what he's doing is that like he's trying to work with that like three color thing because it's like all black and white pretty much except for like one solid like one color that's acting like a shade so he's just messing about it and it's bothering me because i was inspired by him to do this type of thing with space adventure and uh there's just so much i'm just gonna spit i'm just gonna fucking shotgun it I have to reread it to see if I missed anything, but I haven't. They don't linger long enough between panels, and it's too fast, and it glosses over disturbing scenes. Like one time, this person, this character, a main character, choked out a dude. That's be not because they're like, we need to kill this person, and then the uh, the good guy that like our one of our main characters is like, no, we don't do that. Get off. And then they walk away, and it's like there's no there's no like aftermath problem. Like there's no repercussions to this. It's just. Moving on to the plot. So wait, a dude took out another <coughs> dude and told him to get off. Yes. Okay. I know. First problem there. Uh, all the characters are visually interesting and are very different from each other, but they all talk the same. The dialogue's all the same. I cannot distinguish the dialogue, so I actually have to look at like where the bubble is pointed to. And that's all the stuff that really bothers me about this. Wow. And I'm really pissed off because I like this artist and I like the art. This comic book was rushed and it feels like it's a Temple of Doom book. How much did you spend for it? $15. How much would you suggest? I should. I would say that this should be like a $3 book. I feel like this should be a $3 book. Wow. I mean, it is. It's He calls them issues, but they're like... Like this thick, so yeah, so they're like they're just big issues. Oversized. Yeah, they're like oversized issues, okay. and they're fifteen bucks each. I would. I'm still gonna keep reading this stuff because like I want it to get better, and like I really like the first comic, but I think he just got rushed, and it made me sad because I know he can do better. <laughs> that was you, very harsh. Have you? found these in a store anywhere or you're just ordering it online i order you can only order it through his uh website dang at heybaker.com heydavebaker.com that felt like very um rough and harsh but that's just genuinely like how much it like upset me about this because of how like much praise i gave him before and like the last time i talked about him you should ask me what else I should like but didn't. Um, what else should you have liked but you didn't? I'm going to break the trend, actually. I'm going to do a re-review of something we've talked about uh, right at the start of our show, actually. Spencer looks tired. I'm having a fucking aneurysm. What is it? 
Why are you having an aneurysm? Because yeah, of because of my whole spiel. I'm trying to listen to words. What is it? Uh, this episode comes out two days before Christmas, right? Oh. So, I reread Batman Noel. Oh, wow! It is by Lee Bermejo. I love this Arted book. and written by, I believe. I love this book. Yeah, this is a great book. I love that super big glows. I, I, uh, I'll say that part, part for the end. Uh, yeah. I'm still kind of baffled by taking a Christmas carol and inserting or changing it to fit Batman and, and Gotham, but it works out really, really well. There's there's so many layers to this story. Like an onion. Yes. Like a glass of... No, wait. Um, <laughs> um, I love that the ghost of Christmas past is Catwoman. There's good uh, inflection there. A, a troubled past with Catwoman. With the hot old outfit. Yeah! The furry suit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Batman is like, I'm sick of your shit, go away. <laughs> and uh, the, the ghost of Christmas present is Superman, and he's so warm and glowing. He's, it even says in the book that he's, he like emanates heat. Like, he, he's such a good Christmas present. I feel like he would emanate heat. I mean, yeah, he's literally powered we, by the sun. We all do. No, but I mean, like, more than... Oh. He, you know, those moments where I'm like, I'm a literal furnace because I'm a little warm and people notice. It's like that, but all the time, constantly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was snowing last night, and when you walked outside with your with no t-shirt on, you were steaming, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then the ghost of Christmas future is the Joker, baby. Holy shit, the it's the Joker, Joker baby. <laughs> um, wow! Oh, the Joker's in this book? That's never happened. And uh, it, it does well to have a scary, mean uh, Christmas future ghost. Uh, it. What, it wouldn't have been so effective if it was Condiment the King was killing Batman and putting him in his own grave? That wouldn't have been scary? And, and... I think it, it takes a little bit for you to warm up to the idea, or at least for me, like... It's really weird mixing these two stories together, and then by the time it, the Joker is the the ghost of Christmas future, it's like that makes perfect sense. Like this whole st- it it like brings the whole book together, and it's like yeah, this works. This is crazy how well this works. Um, it kind of uses the Christmas Carol. Uh, as like an ADR voice <laughs> and like like it's just a voiceover and it's just Batman out on patrol like doing Batman things and it the dialogue boxes the narration it's provided is the by Christmas Carol yeah it's but it's through the voice of um the, I don't remember the character's name the one who's taking the place of Bob Cratchit in the story because uh, he, he's telling yeah, yeah, the story yeah, 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 yeah. to his boy. I couldn't... Yeah. The little bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Little bad guy that's not a bad guy. He's just forced to work for Joker. Right, and Batman beat the shit out of him and a couple of times, actually, I think. Yes, Batman does that. Yeah. Batman loves beating up the poor. So I found this book 
for twenty dollar. It is hardcover at Stairway to Heaven Comics. There still are no paperback copies, and it's driving me insane. It's a short drive. Off of a long pier. Because <laughs> you swerve. Uh, I gave it four out of five stars on Goodreads. There are a couple of times that the artwork is not that great. We've seen better from Lee Bermejo in later books. He improved as he drew more and more and more Batman. Booba. Okay. So are you just going to read this like every year now because Christmas? Maybe. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Incredible. He his eyes like, wow, it's so basic white bitch. I actually just blinked really hard. A Christmas carol at Christmas time. What yeah. do you, light scented candles too and put a sweater on and sit by the fire and drink hot cocoa? Yeah, that's my job. You're not allowed to take that away from me. <laughs> I'm so, oh, wait, this, so this comes out before Christmas, right, this episode? Yes. Aw. Because I don't have a Christmas. I didn't have a Christmas. This is the only Christmassy thing he's had. I know, but yeah, it would have been cool. Because I, oh, it would have been cool to talk about like Batman the Animated Series or something like that. Mm. Mm. Spencer, what take have us you been home. jerking off to? Take us home. West Virginia is not my home. <laughs> See. I did what you were thinking of doing, because I'm better than you. Uh, I watched uh, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero, which is an animated feature film, which is basically just a How the fuck did I call it? Like, <laughs> weirdly, like... Because I mentioned when I, when I did it. I was talking about it in the group chat. Oh, I, I didn't fucking read it. I, I implanted the idea in your brain. I thought that was just regular animated series. When you yes were, and no. When you were shitposting. Sub-Zero is animated series. It's a movie, I thought. It's like a special. Series. Yeah, no shit. I thought it's not a special. It's just the animated series. Movie special, not TV show. It's still the same yes, shit from the TV show. But it's not a twenty-minute episode. It's longer. It's nope. a special presentation, isn't it? No, they just took it, and put it into a movie. If we keep going like this, Spencer will actually kill himself. <laughs> So you see, I'm the one who's actually watched it, so maybe I should fucking talk about it. I was trying to ask the question, and Gaylord kept correcting me. But it's not. It is a feature film that received a theatrical release, but it is about three or four episodes of the animated series stitched together. This was one. Wow. That's what I fucking <laughs> said. It was effectively a few episodes, so a, a few episode arc that they said. Hey, we've had a couple of theatrical releases already. Wouldn't it be cool? So they did it. And that's simultaneously the coolest and worst thing about this. Um, Get it? Cool. I hate you. I know. Mr. Freeze in Batman the Animated Series is one of the best characters, and it's also one of his best, re one of the best reinventions of a Batman villain, just in, in general. Um, what? Did you know that this. <laughs> Mr. Freeze is designed by Mike Mignola. Yes, I do! <laughs> his previous uh, appearance in his, his reintroduction episode of, of BTAS, I do believe is a better appearance, but this as a finale to his arc within this show, as well as as a 
complete package does make for a decent watch. The fact that it's about 70 minutes long means it is a little underwhelming as a feature, unlike Mask of the Phantasm, which was always planned to be a full theatrical release um, and was much closer to a regular runtime of a theatrical release in addition to, be given, to being given additional budget and then thrown in theaters. This was definitely as an afterthought. Like, they really did just have, like, a few scripts lying around and they're like, we can make a movie out of that. And they did it, and that's fine. Um, <clears throat> Someone made, like, a poster for every single episode kind of like that, and it's yes. they're gorgeous. I love I them. Love them. The biggest complaint I have about this is kind of a minor one, but it is just a peeve of mine. The additional budget given to this to make it into the, to a theatrical movie was not even really placed to smooth over like the episode lines between scripts. Um, it's still pretty roughly chopped up in sections that read like individual episodes of the series. They threw it all at the 3D model budget, and I fucking hate it. This movie opens up with, like, ten minutes of just 3D icebergs and cars, and I absolutely despise it. It looks like crap, and especially when it's when, when the 2D images are composited on top of it, it looks abysmal. It just, it's aged so piss poorly. Uh, the rest of it looks great. It's just the, those rare times when they're like, what if we put a 2D Robin inside of a 3D plane? And I go... That's disgusting, and it, it just lingers on it for way too fucking long. Everything else about this is great. Um, the character designs are, of course, normal B-test stuff. They're unique, they're easy to read, they, they, they work well with action. The character voices are unique, the voice acting is phenomenal. Um, Barbara Gordon is simultaneously a little bit of a, of, a, of a damsel in distress, but is also given a lot of, of agency throughout the story. So instead of just being captured because she's needed for the plot, which she is, she uh, maintains her composure throughout her entire stay with Mr. Freeze. She fights back. She basically escapes on her own, um, and she works collaboratively with Batman and Robin. It, it, it's just really good stuff. Uh, Barbara Gordon is one of my favorite Bat Family characters. It's pretty good. She's in, like, the top three by a long shot. Um, the other complaint I have about this is it definitely feels like you should watch some of BTAS to be able to understand the dynamic in this movie because this movie does not spend any time establishing whether or not Batman and Robin and Batgirl know each other slash do they know each other's secret identities it's very vague and loosey-goosey uh, because Barbara Gordon is kidnapped and then they find out about it because she's Barbara Gordon the commissioner's son commissioner's daughter <laughs> And Dick's girlfriend. It's just, it's really vague. If you watch it in chronological order alongside the animated series, everything is made clear. But just as a standalone piece, that kind of falls to the wayside. And I think that's a waste. Um, that last one was not Michael. I know. I can tell. It's brief. It's to the point. It's aged pretty well. The only thing is there is a little bit of a weird child sidekick character who's a bit of a caricature of... Uh, an indigenous person. It's a little weird. Other than that, it's good. It's it's really nice conclusion to Mr. Freeze's arc. He quote unquote dies. He gets to live off in the cold the cold wilderness somewhere with his polar bear babies. And Nora has been saved and brought back to life, and she's all good and happy and dandy. It's just good. Um, this should not have been a theatrical release though. That's a complete utter fucking waste. This should have just been like a three episode arc. There is no need. To put this in a theater because it doesn't really work well 
I remember the trailers for this on my VHS tapes as I, a kid. I remember the toys. The advertisements during that time period were fucking insane. Yes. What would you rate it? I don't know, dude. Like a 7 out of 10. Wow. It's good. It's just missing a lot. It's underdeveloped. You know what is not missing a lot? Stop touching my leg lightly. It's turning me on. That was not lightly. Ew! Why are your feet so warm? How did you let me do that? Like, let? How did you let me rest my foot on you for so long? I was, I was, I was hypnotized by the, the warmth. emanating warmth of your filthy feet. Do you know what is not missing a lot? Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire, has it all. They are friends of the show. We help each other out and do stuff and things for each other. And it is a cool working relationship. Uh, we encourage you to go to Jetpack and buy all of your toys and games and comic needs there. They don't sell weed. The lightsabers from under your mom's bed. Not those toys. The other toys. The toys I would, that are under my bed. Yes. I, under Colin's I bed. would not be surprised if they had something hidden in the back room. Like, wow. It, yeah. I mean, they got all kinds of other toys. They gotta have something. Bro, they downsized their porn comic collection. There's That's no way true. they have toys. That's so sucky. You're sucky. Like, you ever had the balls to browse that? You wouldn't even look at it. No, I did. Sure. From afar. Wow. With binoculars. See, yeah. I would just take one of them and then put it inside the issue <laughs> I was actually looking at and buying, and then I would put it back when I was done. That's I wander smart. over the store and be like, da, 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 and then, yeah, I'm so fucking smart. As if they didn't see that. Degenerate. Oh, absolutely. You know who else is degenerate? <laughs> Degenerates. <laughs> the people who pay us money are patrons over at patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros network. Uh, go give us money. We like money. It's cool. Thank you very much, you losers. Uh, he did know the de degenerates, but he did not name them. They pay to be named. Jeff Caitlin Lorenzo. and Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff Lawrence and then Caitlin. Not Caitlin and Jeff Jeff, Jeff was boy. here first, and Caitlin was second. And Caitlin and Jeffy Boy. Yeah. If you would like to get your name shouted out on all of our episodes, as well as exclusive access to Dime Comic Bros Happy Hour, basically our shitposting podcast where we talk about God knows what, have a I drink. I that's what we were doing already, shitposting. Uh, it gets worse. It gets much, much worse. Uh, as well as early access to all of our episodes, so all the podcasts for all the episodes of the Dime Comic Bros and Dime Gaming Bros podcast, which is our other podcast that Jacob and I do once a month, huh? about games. <gasps> Video games. I need to binge the shit out of the TV show. I think it's only 11 episodes and they're all like 15 minutes long, so I've you'll be fine. one. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. We have like three weeks. Arcane. The League of Legends Netflix TV show. I heard it's really good, but yeah. League of, I don't want to be involved with League of Legends at all. That is... <laughs> I don't think it has anything that's fair. to do with it. Has League bar it has very little to do with it. But he is true because League of Legends is just... Toxic. It's, no, 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 no. It's like borderline Smash Bros. levels of pedophilia. It's just fucking insane. I like the mobile game. Wow. Well, I would actually put League of Legends higher than Smash Bros. By a mark. A little. Uh, they Wait, are the literal uh, kitten and... Um... Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that word? <laughs> oh, she's my little Discord kitten. Yeah, Discord kitten and Discord... <laughs> that... I 
That is them, League of Legends. Spencer and Colin got me a microphone for Christmas, and now I can become <laughs> a, a Discord kitty, a, a Twitch cat girl. <laughs> oh my fucking way! I can. I will subscribe to your Twitch. Account. I would also subscribe to your Twitch account and your OnlyFans. You want pictures of my feet? No! Yes. No, if you're going to be a, a cat I mustache. Have, I have no ass to take pictures if of. You're gonna It'll be a, have to be my feet. If you're going to be a cat boy, then it has to be with the like, the butt plug with the tail. Duh! Oh, fuck. No. Oh, fuck. No. Stop. Stop. I am... Stop. Stop. It's too much now. It's too much for me. I am not Tails from Sonic and Tails. Only fuck. <laughs> but you are yes. knuckles. Oh my fucking word! No! Bye! <laughs> Next episode is gonna be our New Year's special. It's just gonna be us going over the cool, fun stuff we did this year. Highlights, low low lights. Oh yeah. Spotlights yeah. on negative things. Whatever. Just a bunch of fun shenanigans. It'll probably be a bit of a short one. Some memes and stuff. So it'll be a it'll be a it'll, it'll be a ball. <laughs> Uganda Knuckles will show you the way. <laughs> that is what you two were doing. You were driving me crazy all day long. <laughs> were we? Yes. I don't feel like we were. I feel like we're just talking. Two tickets to Barbie, please. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yes. I'm going to bonk Colin in the dick. Hey baby, you know what's sexy? Hermeneutics. I got very uncomfortable when she said, Oh, Colin will be like, Good job, mommy. Now it's on here and she can hear it. That was funny. Um, Makes you uncomfortable. Makes me uncomfortable because she's younger than me. Not, but not mentally though. You're like baby brain. Colin, you were just screaming about mama for like two hours straight. I am you literally do not, Jack. Jack. You have baby brain. You do not get to claim that people are younger than you. <laughs> He's so butthurt that his toes are spread all out. Like, none of them are touching each other because he was so upset. You know that's what toes are did, actually. <laughs> I'm legit. <laughs> you know that's what toes are actually supposed to do, Yes, right? I do know. Yeah, your, your toes... Because are supposed to touch each other? No, because you're... Yeah. It's because of your shoes. Mm. Yeah, it's because and of what we do. Right? No, it's because I always have my toes balled up under me. What <laughs> about two? Oh, I do that! Yeah, all the time. Like, when I play video games, I'm trying to be like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it, like, hurts so bad, but, like, I just feel so good.